Hello and welcome to the I'm Walking Here podcast. Come and listen to some idiots talk about sports and give their takes for a while. Welcome to another episode of I'm Walking Here. I'm your resident muscle as always, Ian Cusick. Joined by my good friend, as always, the New Yorker, Bryce Olds. How you doing today, Bryce? Yeah, doing pretty good, to be honest. That's good. That's good. So, it's been a pretty slow time in sports. Um, There is some NBA stuff we could talk about, but we're actually going to save that for next week. Hashtag Intel, but... um. Um, come on, don't say hashtag intel, man. No, we're not no, not doing that right now. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, anyways, um, we decided to just talk about MLB because we haven't really had a big discussion about MLB lately. At least nothing like, you know, substantial for like the whole league. Obviously, we've talked about like the Red Sox a little bit and uh, a couple other things. But um, it's about, it's a little bit more than halfway through the season right now. I think we're actually at about what? 95 games or so, something like that. Yeah, in that area. Yeah, so uh, we decided to just talk about how we think the second half of the season is going to go. And, um, you know, we're going to talk about, like, MVP and stuff towards the end of this. But um, our expectations for the second half. So where do you want to start with this, Bryce? Because um, we've got a good much to talk about. Probably the divisions of the American League. I think I'll start right, with that. Um, so obviously right now, as we're recording this, the Yankees hold a seven-game division lead over the Rays. They're playing right now, so that could be eight by the time. It could be even more by the time you listen to this, actually, because you'll be hearing this on Saturday. But as of right now, they have a seven-game lead that is subject to change. Um, I expect them to win the division. I would be very, very surprised if we didn't. Um, the way it, I mean, the, the way you guys are playing, that would have to be a monumental. It, yeah, I mean, we just we've handled our business so well in our division this year. Um, probably, I don't know if it is the best divisional record in baseball, but it's got to be up there. I mean, in terms of like wins losses, yeah. I mean, you're second right now. The Dodgers are 64 and 35. No, I mean, like, divisional record. Oh, like, in in uh, yeah, like playing the AL East. Oh, yeah, which okay. we are okay. we're, um, we're 34 and 11 or 33 as of right now, 33 and 11 against AL East teams. Uh, 33 and 11, you said, yeah. Um, Yeah, you might be. I don't know. It's. Uh... I mean, that's either way. If that's not number one, that's very good. And I think that's been really the thing that's kept us, obviously, so ahead of our own division, is winning those games against the Rays and the Sox and cleaning up against the Jays and Orioles. Obviously, the Jays and Orioles are not good. They're they're very very not good at the moment, but. I'd even say that some of these that sometimes these teams are complete dog shit. <laughs> okay, but, uh... <laughs> way to be marketable, good stuff. Um, of course, I just I'm really confident that we can take the division this year. I think at this point it's an expectation. Um, 
if we don't, it's even if we make the playoffs and not win a division, I'd be disappointed. I think the standard, obviously, the standard for the Yankees is ridiculous. I mean, because we have that prestige, you know, being like probably one of the most recognizable brands amongst the world. Like, I'd say when it comes to sports teams, definitely when it comes to American sports, I'd say the Yankees are probably the most. I mean, it's brand. our expect. Like we've we've just built this stigma of we have to be great around us. So if we you know if we fail. That's why we get made fun of the most. And that's why, you know, not winning is, you know, it makes other people like they get excited when the Yankees don't win because it's, it's expected. Uh, obviously, we have. Yeah, I mean, you guys, you guys hold yourself to a really high standard of excellence. You know, it's, it's like the Patriots in the, with football. If they're not winning, something's wrong. It's kind of like that. Uh, it's, I mean, it's like that, but extended across like the entire span of baseball where the Patriots have only been that for like since the early two thousands. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's right. Yeah, um, that's but yeah, I, I fully expect us to win the division. Um, yeah, I think I agree with that. I mean, I don't, I don't see the Rays or the Red Sox making that big of a push. I mean, nine and a half games for the Sox right now, obviously not insurmountable, but I just don't think it's realistic. Oh. And the Rays, you know, they started off really hot this year, kind of fizzled off, and they've kind of just been, kind of they've kind of been in purgatory right now. They've been playing good, not great. So like they've been playing good enough to win some games, but they're not playing great enough to beat the teams that they should be able to beat. Yeah, that makes sense. But um. Yeah, it, I think I think the Yankees are good for the division, and then the Rays for a wild card spot. So, let's move on to the. Uh, well, we'll get to the wild card spots in a bit. But it's the Central, I'm really not sure about the Central. I think it's obvious. It's obviously down to the Twins and Indians. Yeah, I don't see the White no, Sox. The White Sox, the Royals, and Tigers are all terrible. They're not going to touch the division. Or a wild card spot, but I don't know, man. I think both the Twins and the Indians might make the playoffs. Um, that would mean, obviously, one of the Rays or Red Sox would be, and Athletics really would get knocked off. Well, right now, the wild card's looking like Indians and Athletics, and then the Rays and Red Sox are all are all within two and a half games. And even the Rays could over... I'm pretty sure they could t- overtake the Athletics if they beat the Yankees tonight. So, really, these two wildcard spots... They're really... Any, they're, any yeah. of those four teams right now. And even if the the Rangers and Angels, they're both five or five and a half games out. So that's not even... It's not even that crazy to suggest that one of those two teams could make a push for a wildcard spot at that point. I don't know how likely that is. Right now, I think it's more of a four-team race for those two spots right now. But um, it honestly, you can make a reason for why any of those four teams. Could um, yeah, and the West, I think the Astros are, you know, they're going to lock up the West. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, the Astros are still good. It, I mean, the they're probably the second or third best team in baseball. I mean... 
you know, I I'd probably say third. Probably third. Yeah. Probably. Probably. I mean, it. All right. So yeah. I guess we can get yeah, some of it right now. Dodgers sure. are a clear and cut number one. And I guess it depends on if you think the Yankees or the Astros are the better team. Because mm. normally I'd say the Astros are the better team when both sides are healthy. But the Yankees no, they're not hundred. They're not even close to hundred percent, and we have the better record. I mean, you guys are missing. Like, two <sighs> I don't even starters. remember Stanton, Luis Severino. Uh, Stanton. We're missing um the Tanzas as well. Um, and Duhar's gone for the year. We're not even Duhar. going to get him back. I mean, we're just missing so much talent, and we're still holding our own. It really makes me think that you guys are sixty-one and thirty-three right now. How many more wins? I don't even know. I really don't. Would it be unreasonable? Yeah, I think that's a bit high. Um. So I see, like, so I think I gotta make a central pick. I guess I'm gonna go Indians because the Twins have been really fading out lately. Um. Yeah, I mean, um. Right now, the Indians on our four-game win. Yeah, I, I think the Indians will end up taking that division. So, um, yeah, I just I, I I think the Indians they've been there before. Obviously, they went to a World Series three years ago. They've been to the playoffs consistently. I think, and the Twins, the la- the only thing they've done lately, they. They got the honor of losing a wild card game to the Yankees a couple of years ago. Um, <laughs> I remember that. Well, it, it started out. Like, Sevy yeah, was having a terrible night, and we went down a couple of runs, and then we just blew up, and we ended up. Yeah, we ended up making honestly a pretty magical run. To be honest, going we went two down to the Indians, and then we won three straight to take the series, Wait. and then we got. We took the Astros. Yeah, we took we took the Astros to seven, and then they won the World Series. I mean, and the yeah, the World Series in seven too, right? Yeah, yeah, we were close. close I feel like this team is better. I feel like this team, once it's uh, completely healthy, which I expect it to be by the start of the playoffs, I think we got a good shot. Obviously, the Dodgers have been unbelievable. Um, I mean, you could probably say Bellinger's a pretty safe MVP, but we'll get to that. Um, I think for this... So the playoffs for me, I think the Yankees lock up... I don't know, man. It's close for the number one spot. But if I had to pick, I would probably say... The Yankees get number one, the Strohs get number two, and the Indians obviously would get number three. And the two wild cards, my God, man. I mean, this is going to be it. The, I, I don't even want to make a pick because I could look really dumb. Because it's really, I mean, you can't even count out. Like Teams like the Rangers and Angels are still really in it. So there's really like six teams right now that have a good chance. It really is. It's going to be a bloodbath because you know you got you got up to six like teams the, contending. The Rangers are only five back, and the Angels are and... only five and a half back, and it's no. And neither not. of those teams are really pushovers. I mean, they're not 
considered as like Late good it. teams, but they're not like. All it takes yeah, is one I, I mean, I'm not gonna make. I'm just not gonna claim any uh, any wild card stance on those teams right now because it's just so close. But you would, uh, you're not gonna like this. The Yankee, the Yankees and Rays played a doubleheader today. It's the 18th. We're recording this. Yankees are currently they won game one. They're currently up four one in the sixth. Oh yeah, that's kind of right. Like that, that actually helps. Yeah, that does help. Yeah, I, I've been telling you lately. I need that's to right. That's so backwards. That's how you know your season's bad. <laughs> Do you oh, want man, to talk about that a little? Or? Right? It's uh, it's. Yeah, I mean, I've I've said a lot about the Red Sox season already. Um, it seems like they're kind of turning things around. They haven't exactly. Well, no, they did. But well. When they play top competition, it kind of shows that they're not at that level. Because they kind of get... I mean, they... Aside from that one game they lost... They lost two games. They held their own for the most part against the Dodgers. I know they lost two games, but... There was the 11-2 game, which, you know, let's, let's not even talk about that. That was an ugly game from start to finish. But then the other one, it went like 12 innings or something like that, and it was 4-4. Well, until well, that's the thing. Like, kind of fell apart in the eleventh or twelfth <laughs> inning. Yeah, that's the big. That's the big issue right now is the bullpen. But um, I don't know if Dombrowski is going to try to make any moves at the trade deadline. They got Andrew Kashner. Yeah, against the Jays too. Yeah, I mean, look, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. First game, you know, we'll. I I mean. We'll, We'll give him a mulligan, but look, I'm just he saying, Baldy went, went like eight. What do you get? He went like five. I mean, five that's at home against a 35 win Jays team. That's not good. No, it's not good, but. Well, of course I, you I want, want to. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt because he was. <laughs> I want to. That's what I don't I know, man. I it, that trade didn't make much sense. I don't know what. I mean, here's the thing about the Cashner trade: we're older than both the prospects that we traded to get him. Well, and I don't the, think either yeah, but still, is like, why add Cashner? I don't. I I don't think we should. I don't think. I doubt it. For what you got for Cashner, I don't know about that. I mean, we could have given up. Well, the Sox farm system's not exactly, like, yeah. It's not exactly rich with talent right now, but it's not like we don't have <sighs> I guess not, but, yeah, I don't know. Maybe the the Kashner trade was to, like, help maybe kind of put a Band-Aid on the fact that Evaldi's going to be in the bullpen. Maybe, which I honestly... I don't hate putting up Valdi in the bullpen. We talked about that last time we talked about the Red Sox, but um, I wouldn't even hate it if they would use him for like two innings or two or three innings of relief every now and then, so that we don't have to run with. So that like if one of our starters gets roughed up and we're in like the fifth inning, we don't have to use five different bullpen arms. If we can get a Valdi for two or three innings, which he's shown he can do. I mean, we we all saw that game three of the World Series where he went six shutout innings until it wasn't a shutout inning in the sixth inning of that, but. We're not going to talk about that because that was the past. Um, I mean, Avaldi, 
he had a he had his uh, I don't know if this was his first game back, but uh, he played AAA in Pawtucket today. Uh, he only pitched one inning of rehab. He struck out three batters, all three batters that he got out. I think he let up one hit and one walk, which for his first outing back, I believe it was, I will take it. I'll absolutely take it. I don't. I don't we, think. I, don't I mean, it's a de- obviously it's desperate, but. It, it, oh, it's absolutely a desperation. Probably. Move. There I are mean, worse moves we could have made just, desperation. Just sign. Could have. Could have just signed Craig Kimbrell, just signed but, you know, whatever. Season, but, you know. <laughs> I mean, I. If that if what the Cubs paid for him was his asking price, then. I, I mean, yeah, but look at the state of your bullpen right now. <laughs> look, man, Craig Kimbrell maybe adds uh, three or four wins. Which, well, if you add four, four wins, wins, you'd could be, the be in making playoffs the drive and for a wild card right now. If we had four wins, we would, yeah. That's not insignificant. I, it's definitely not insignificant, but I think having a closer is one of many bullpen concerns right now. Because you know you need how many guys in a bullpen? You need like seven or eight, and we have maybe I, two decent guys I, in a bullpen. I don't know. That's so what do you think? Do you even want to try and predict that wild card or? Because I am not going to do it right now. <laughs> All right, so. Um, I'm just gonna so you say think fuck it, so you don't think the, the twins are gonna even make? Spot. Well, I don't know about that, man. <laughs> you gotta leave out the twins. I, I or... <laughs> Look, like you said, this is such a cluster. You gotta, you gotta leave out the twins or the Indians. Whoever, I don't even, I don't even know. That's that's just as tight as this wild card race is gonna be the AL Central. I mean, the Twins have a four game lead on them right now. So how sustainable is it for the Indians? Especially when they've won um, lost three straight. We're going to have to find out. Um, look, I mean, you said it perfectly. This has been it really a wild card is. chase. It's going to be impossible to predict. That was my picks. Probably. It could, I mean, there's too the much Indians baseball left right to make a decision like that. Or make a prediction like that. So yeah, the National sure, League, sure. there is another league in baseball. Um, so right now, per sources, there as it stands, the Braves, Cubs, and Dodgers all control their divisions. Um, it looks like the Do- the Dodgers are safe. Like the Dodgers have such a dominant. The Dodgers have a 13-and-a-half game lead on the Diamondbacks. I think that's pretty safe right now because the Diamondbacks, despite their yeah, hot they start have not been that year, great. Um, the Cubs and no. Brewer, I mean, that whole Central is close. I feel like the Central is always close, constantly. Yeah, I mean, the AL Central, when it's good, it's usually close, obviously. No, that's the NL. It's top-heavy right now. You got Twins and the Indians and then garbage. 
The NL Central, on the other hand, I mean, it's a seven and a yeah. half game difference between the Cubs in first place and the Reds in last place. I mean, no other division in baseball is anywhere close to that. Every other division's at least 15, 16 games. Um, even that's the NL West, which is surprisingly yeah, it's, close. It's wild. So, like, this, the NL Central, it's probably the most fun division right now because, honestly, I you could make a reason for maybe four out of the five teams. I don't think the Reds are going to do anything. They've been kind of stagnant. Cardinals, Brewers, and Cubs all the definitely have shots. But... Oh, the Cubs I think there's the, actually I think a three-way right tie for that Brewers wild card, which is the Nationals, Phillies, and Brewers. Uh, with the Cardinals half, with the Cardinals, so the NL wild card is even more. Yeah, it's really bad. There's eleven teams within five games oh, of the Jesus. wild card. Oh my god! And the only team that yeah, isn't Marlins the are the only team I would even like. Marlins, I could comfortably count out. I'd say the Reds and Mets are probably they're done. But I mean the Pirates as well. I, it's just it's the NL. <sighs> yeah. Poor Marlins. Have I have no idea. Honestly, I have zero clue. Um, but honestly. So the, let's talk about main, the three main teams. Jeez. So the Phillies, Nationals, and Brewers all hold their – well, okay, the Nationals technically have, like, they're ahead. But the Brewers and Phillies are tight. Um, the a, Phillies have been such a disappointment, card. honestly. Like, very much so a disappointment. Um, they added a lot of talent, man. Like, they added Harper, they added Remuto, they added, I mean, just so many players. And they have not been very good. They... Uh, no, they have not. They've been, like you said, they've been a massive disappointment. You know, this is a team that should be far and away a top four, top three team in the in the NL. And they're fighting for the second wild card spot right now. Obviously, they've played ninety-seven games, so there's plenty of baseball left. <laughs> this could be. This could look like an awful, awful take. This could wind up on old takes exposed in a few months. But um, right not now, not what we thought. They're just not good. Well, Same not, with the Brewers. Not, not I mean, good. I thought the been, Brewers were going to be, they should be a big, big threat. But they really have not been that amazing. Yeah, and I still think the Brewers are going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to be one of the wild card teams, whether they get the first one. So how about how about ins- I'm, I'm not we try to yet. predict these division winners because? But well, I don't even think I want to try the wild card in the West either. Yeah, we, we haven't even um, so I think um, in the AL East or NL East, I think the Braves keep yeah. it. I think the Braves are going to win that division. I think they locked it up. Um, in the Central, we're going to do that last. The West, the Dodgers have. Like, that's the Dodgers. Dodgers have completely owned that division. The Central, yeah. I think I'm going to narrow it down to the Brewers or Cubs. I don't think the Cardinals, while yes, they are close, and they could win. The, they're only three games back. 
I I just don't see it. Um, I'm gonna say the Cubs win the division again. And wild card wise, I I'm not gonna make again because it's way too close. We're gonna have to save that for probably like next month or. Just... Yeah, we'll probably revisit this in a month or so, but. Um, so I agree with you on your division winners. Um, for the sake of wild card right now, just for the sake of making the predictions, I'll say that the top two right now will keep them. So, I, so the Nationals and the Brewers. Um, but again, when five or when there are eleven teams that are within, five and they're games, all within five games, that just means eleven teams that really have a decent enough chance at doing. Um. That. Yeah. So. You wanted to just MVPs and then we're... That's crazy. Yeah, we can just talk MVPs because obviously there's uh, well, some awards we can talk about, like Cy Young, Rookie of the Year, whatnot. We'll we'll do those at a later point. Maybe we'll do that in a month with uh, with everything else. But um, as for MVPs right now, AL MVP... It's this guy I mean, you might have heard of. He's uh, he really he plays they in the don't City of Angels, play the City of Angels. Uh, Mr. Mike Trout. Um, you might have heard of him before. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, technically, because that's why it's the same Angeles, thing with the Giants and Jets. Know, Los Angeles um, is more profitable and uh, marketable. That's why the Nets yeah, left? No one wants to say they play New. The, um, no one wants to say they're from New Jersey. If they get the I think, they they're from New York. I don't know. I think Trout is obviously he's the click. He's pretty much the MLB's John Cena. He just he's just like he's always they're always pushing him. They're always you know like and he's good. He's not he's not a bad player. He's very good and deserving of MVP. But I don't know, man. I. I know there's some Yankees having good years. I don't know about any MVP years. Uh, I mean, LeMahieu's leading the AL in, RB, or in batting average right now at a 331. And, you know, we've I've probably talked on a half Yeah, that's the thing. He's got way more hype DJ having. than LeMahieu does. But it's Mike Trump. I mean, maybe not amongst the fans of, the, you know... Yankees, but baseball in general. If you showed someone a picture of Mike Trout and someone a picture of Mayhew, it's not going to be a contest. Um, I, I honestly, man, I love the season Gary Sanchez was having. He's kind of slumped, but that's okay. I think it's. I don't want to say DJ, but DJ would. DJ's not like a terrible. DJ would be a very like unique option for yeah, so, like but... if they have like an MVP ballot. Uh, I could see Lemayhew being because ba- see him getting a couple of votes. Just, the thing about I baseball, like Mike Trout, Trout is like your team doesn't have to be successful for you to win MVP. Because like in basketball and football, or the NBA and NFL, like MVP is directly like 
related like to your team success most of the time. Because like yeah, because usually if a quarterback's playing very well, then his team's well. The even that, it's like in which think case, about yeah, all the MVPs, won, like, right? What, like the last twelve MVPs, Mahomes. Like that. Think of the last couple MVPs. Mahomes went to the AFC Championship game. Tom Brady was in the Super Bowl that year. Carson, wait, not Carson Wentz. Who who won it before? Yeah, went to the Super Bowl that year. I mean, it's t- it's um, really based was, on team success. Even was, this year, yeah, Giannis, they they went to the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, year before that was Harden. They went to the Western Conference Finals. I mean, it it's really heavy on team success in those sports. While in baseball, it's not at all. Like Gian- when Stan won his MVP, the Marlins were one of the worst teams in the league. Like, yeah, but he still won MVP. So it doesn't really matter that the Yankees are more successful than the Angels. It's just, it's really about the season you have in baseball. And I kind of respect that in a way, but I also, I don't know, that's weird. It's it's weird because baseball is the only sport that's like that in the U.S. anyway. Yeah, so when it comes to baseball, obviously, um, this really is the only sport that gauges like a team, like the value someone brings to a team when they're considering their MVP. Usually, because when it's MVP, usually people think like, all right, best player in the league. Usually, the best players in the league are on the best teams in the league. Yeah, That's I believe why so. MVP. But like you said, with Stanton in what was it, twenty seventeen? 2017, he hit like 55 home runs and had just a monster season for a team that's a, it's a joke. The Miami Marlins have been a joke. And yet they've had so much talent coming out of it that like, you know, they turn Stanton obviously had that career season and he won MVP there. But you don't, you haven't seen the Marlins sniff in the past. That's literally the point I just made. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't know where I'm going with this, but bro, you literally I just know. wrote a high school essay. Plagiarizing I was, to what I, said. I was thinking like I just had a brain fart. But uh, who's your? So your? I guess Trout would be our MVP. Dead ass. All right. Um, so NL. I think it's. Well, I think yeah, it's really between I, two I got guys for the AL. I think those two guys are Bellinger and Yelich. I would personally give it it to Bellinger. I think Cody Bellinger has been just... Bellinger and Yelich. He's unbelievable. (laughs) I mean, obviously, we get it. I don't know how big of a theory you, the listener, yes, you, I'm talking to you, um, feel about the whole juice baseball theory. I think it's pretty real. I think it's... Yeah, I think these baseballs are 100% juice. Oh, it absolutely, it's absolutely real. <laughs> I think it's pretty obvious Rob these Man balls are juiced. The, um, the, the balls are absolutely That's juiced. a great out-of-context no clip, by the way. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think... Now, obviously, some players have had home run spikes <laughs> this year, but Bellinger himself, he's just powerful. That man can swing... He is, 
that's another great out of context clip. The um, Bellinger is he's just unbelievable to me. I think <laughs> I know Yelich. He did have an MVP year last year, and I think that maybe might play a factor into Bellinger winning. But I'd have to give it to Cody Bellinger if I had a vote. They are. It yeah, is close, and it could change. I honestly don't know who I'd pick right now because they're pretty much having identical seasons. I mean, so they've as of right now, they've both hit 34 home runs. Bellinger has him has Yelich by five thousandths of a point, or they have by five points, I guess, when it comes to batting average. And Bellinger has him by four RBIs. So I guess for right now, I'll give it to Bellinger. But honestly... Give that a week, and Yelich could easily shoot ahead of Bellinger. It's it's just yeah. like a wild card, you know. All it takes is one hot streak, and one of these guys is going to pull ahead. So, I honestly have no clue who is going to wind up being we, the MVP at the end. We actually did that last year when we started the show. I don't know. Peter Lonson we were like, or or we were like Hill so convinced it's going to be doing. either Javi Baez or Matt Carpenter last year for NL MVP, and then. And I don't remember. It was one of those two. We were very convinced it was going to be one of those two. I think two. we both said it was going to and be then, Carpenter, right? Yeah, and Yelich went off in September and won MVP as he should have. Yeah, and then Yelich just... had a hot streak to end the year. And... You never know, man. And that was in August MVP, when we did that. So I think it was like one or two. <laughs> it might have been two. Yeah, one of the first episodes of IWH ever. I think it was two. That was a long time ago. That was that was a good. What forty? I don't know. God, what is this nine? This is forty. So that was forty-seven weeks ago. This is forty-nine. You want me to? You expect me to remember that stuff? (laughs) Man. Oh, dude. But yeah, I'd I'd have to give it to Bellinger right now. Jeez. All right. So yeah, I, that's what we did plan. One and a half an hour in right now. Yeah. We I do plan these things. We don't script them, but they are planned. We plan the topics. We don't plan what we say. If you listen to our ad, like we're not very, good with uh, scripted things. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Way a script is not that. would not work for us. <laughs> off the dome. Off yeah, the we, dome. Yeah, we do these off the cuff for the most part. But, um, hmm? yes, yes. So our first topic is, uh, well, we're going to talk about Melvin Gordon a little bit because, uh, you guys remember what happened last off season with, uh, Le'Veon Bell and we saw how that turned out. Um, so Melvin Gordon's a, he's in the last year of his deal because the Chargers exercised his fifth-year option for $5.6 million for this season. But uh, Melvin Gordon, he's been saying he's going to hold out mm-hmm. unless he gets a new contract because he thinks he's not worth more than $5.6 million for this season. And I know when Bell was saying that, I said, you know what? Bell already got an offer to make him the highest-paid running back in the league. He should have just taken that. I understand that he wanted more guaranteed money, so there, so I get that. 
But this time, I actually, I really agree with Melvin Gordon here. Because I think he's worth well more than $5.6 million. And I know some team's going to pay him that kind of money if it's not the Chargers for whatever reason. But the Chargers um, should absolutely It depends him. on how the Chargers I, feel I about him. Right I mean, because they I obviously have capable that. running backs outside of him, like Eckler. Um, the thing is, you brought up Le'Veon Bell, but I don't really... Melvin Gordon is good, and he is worth way more than that option they picked up. Well, that's the thing, because Le'Veon... Yeah, I don't think he's going to be worth Le'Veon. Not what he Le'Veon really money, wanted. But, you know, I mean, so Le'Veon got, Le'Veon's getting how much this, How much per year? Like, he, Le'Veon... Hold on, wait a second. I can... I get right here. Le'Veon is getting... I, I don't know. I think, I think Melvin Gordon. I'm all for players getting their money, and I next. will always be. I'll always be for players like you know if they feel holding out is the best choice for to make sure they get their money, then do it. But the thing about Le'Veon Bell is he didn't get the deal he wanted. With he didn't get well, not the money he was thinking he was going to get for sure. I, I mean, he obviously felt comfortable signing with the Jets for what he signed for. That's okay, but. In terms of money, eh, I mean, probably could have done better. Um, I mean, if he just yeah, because there wouldn't be any doubts about if he's still Le'Veon Bell. You know, stuff like that. See that that's. That's kind of the risk you take, you know? Yeah, that's what I think. If Melvin Gordon does go through with that and he doesn't play the whole year, he sits out until he until his deal expires and he hits free agency, that's kind of the risk you take. You get questioned like, Well, are you still you still at that level? Have you been like working out? You know, stuff like that. I we're just gonna have to see. I think yeah, he is obviously worth more than that player option that he got for sure 100 percent. it's just seeing what happened with bell because gordon isn't bell he's not on that level he is good but he's not leaving a bell level or at least the level Le'Veon bell was when he held out i mean Le'Veon bell we had him best running back in the league that year he held out so i, I don't think there's anyone that would say melvin gordon's the best running back in the league Probably yeah. top five, top ten area. Yeah, he's like he's I'd in like say, that six, five, I'd, six, I'd seven. I think just misses out on top five. Either that, or he's like number five. Yeah, so I don't know. We're gonna he's have to those, see what happens. He's one of those fringe top five guys. If he feels like holding out's the best option, power to him. I'll always agree with a player holding out. I'll always back them up. So, hopefully he does what he feels is best. So, going on to the next section, um, we're going to talk about something a little bit different that I don't think we've ever really talked about this before, but um, in 2021, the NFL Collective Bargaining Agreement is going to expire, and as they do a couple years before said agreement expires, they get the negotiation started early so that it's a smoother transition for when the uh, it's time to negotiate the new one. Uh, this year, there's some big ones that they're going to be talking about. Uh, some of these are just kind of, I don't know, they're just kind of there. 
But then there's a couple of uh, really big controversial ones that I think we really wanted to talk about. So um, there are nine big issues that they're talking about at this uh, CBA negotiations uh, about revenue splits, uh, stadium credits, the franchise tag and fifth year options, um, the 18 game season idea, uh, lifetime health care for the players, uh, drug policy, uh, the commissioner's power, player safety, and former player benefits. Um, I don't think we're going to talk about revenue split or stadium credits because that's a lot of like financial stuff for the teams. And it doesn't involve very much like the players and stuff. And um, a lot of this is like, I don't even know how to describe some of this stuff, but um, a lot of it's just about like, I know the stadium credits is like, it takes some of the NFL revenue and they use that for like making a st- um, stadium renovations. So, I mean, that's just kind of, all right. I don't know. That's obviously that's not one of the big headliners for this one. Um, I think the first one we'll just talk about is the, uh, the franchise tag and fifth year option. Um, so a big part of this is that, um, they want fully guaranteed contracts for, is this, I believe the fifth year option, they want that to be, they want it to be fully funded, like, uh, fully guaranteed. And from what I understand, that's, um, that they're trying to turn that into a way where like NFL contracts are fully guaranteed. So that's what I want. That's one thing I want extremely is, um, fully guaranteed contracts in the NFL. Um, I think it's, it's absolutely deserved. It should not be an option to have a fully guaranteed deal. It should always be a fully guaranteed deal because the NFL, I mean, I know there's dangerous sports, but when it comes to America, this is probably the da- most dangerous sport we have. Uh, yeah, I would, I would say so. I mean, and they don't get all that money. They, they have to work harder to get all the money on their contract. I, I disagree with that. Yeah, I, think, I, I definitely think if there's one sport that should have fully guaranteed contracts when it comes to like injuries and whatnot, I think football probably would be the most logical it, one for that. Yeah. I mean, basketball, fully guaranteed contracts. Baseball, fully guaranteed contracts. I believe out of the four major North American sports, those are the bottom two in terms of like career-threatening injuries. So, oh, about basketball. I mean, compared to hockey and football, I think... Oh, we're comparing... Okay. I'm 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 just ranking it in terms of that. I mean, like, hockey and football. Oh, you guys got guys with CTE. You know, every other guy's got CTE coming out of the league and that. So I I think, obviously, and I think hockey. I don't know how hockey works with contracts necessarily. I know that um. Does hockey have fully guaranteed contracts? I don't actually know about that, but um. I my point is, yeah, football should definitely have fully guaranteed contracts. Um, another thing I want to see pushed is I've I've, I've we've actually talked about it before was the um, health care and yes. benefits for retired players and stuff like that and i think that should absolutely be pushed that's probably the most important thing aside from guaranteed contracts um i i personally think they absolutely deserve it um 
one of the things you said on there was an 18 game season. Yeah, yeah that's um, absolutely ridiculous. Um, this should not be an 18 game season. You could probably make the argument 16 is too much. I mean, these guys kill themselves every week. And you already make, sometimes you already make them play on Thursdays. Like, yeah, like they'll go from a Sunday game to a Thursday game. Like, I mean, an 18 game season is absolutely ridiculous. It's, it's, it is. It's and, ridiculous. Um, how they propose that it goes is they eliminate two preseason games in the process. But I actually disagree with that. No, I'd rather those, I'd rather the four preseason games. You see, the whole preseason game that's important for like you know determining who's on the team because after each preseason game, you have roster cuts and whatnot. So for like, I think after the second preseason game, you have to cut like five players and then seven players, and then after the uh, last preseason game, that's when you have to get it down to a fifty-three man roster and then a ten man practice squad. So, I think that you really need to. Uh, have those preseason games just for the sake of having a team because like what are you going to do you're going to cut you're just going to cut like a third of your team after the second preseason game because you need to have your team down to 53 for week one even though you just did two weeks of preseason that just doesn't make any sense it's not even that to me it's to me it's just 18 is too much it, well, yeah, there's that too, and um, this is obviously there was the uh, there's another one that uh, someone suggested this that uh, s- players could only play in 16 of them, so there'd be an 18 game regular season. But they'd be but only, they could only play in 16 of them. That's, so you'd have to have. That's also stupid. It's it is stupid. That is incredibly and dumb. Just, they should not change the amount of. I agree. They should. They should not they change that. Shouldn't. No. Um. It just, it just wouldn't. I, I, when it comes to the NFL, um, you got to worry about the greed of the owners because, quite... you know, it's funny you mentioned that because. Sorry, you can finish, but um, I got a point for that afterwards. Um, I mean the NFL, you see it. It's a very greedy business. The NFL, runs. it's a, it's a business. You know, like each NFL team is its own business. Well, that's so technically every professional sports team is its own business, but yeah. but not every sports team. There's very little sports teams and leagues that are treated like businesses, like the NFL is. I mean, this is a we're talking billion dollar industry here in the NFL. Oh yeah, mul- and they billions of dollars. I mean, they like multiple billions of dollars, and they don't want to like shell out health care or guaranteed contracts. It's ridiculous to me. Like these players deserve this. They are killing themselves. I mean, they are. There, there are players. Some of these guys are taking years off their life to play this game. Yeah, no, literally. I mean, like, we've seen how many people have had like CTE issues coming out of in college. These kids are getting CTE just to uh, have the chance to play at the NFL level. But then afterwards, you go to the NFL if you're lucky, and then pretty much, you know, you get to play maybe a decade at most if you're lucky, if you're good. Uh, that's if you're good. You get a, If you're, like, really good, you can maybe get a decade, 12, 13 years, maybe, depending on what position you play. And you're going to be getting concussions and CTE all 13 of those I mean, your years. Your body is going to be absolutely shattered. It's, it's... You're going to be dealing with arthritis, headaches bunch of nasty stuff your whole life 
just for uh, however long your NFL career lasts. And they can't shell out a guaranteed contract or health care or nothing, really. You know, yeah, but um, there was a point that I wanted to make earlier about um, the money that was behind it. I don't know who did the uh, research on this, but um, when I was doing some research, I was looking at this article on ESPN, which I'm uh, referencing right now, and it said that the it would only add about $10 million in revenue per team per season. So would adding two games to the regular season in which, you know, your players are going to be getting battered, bruised, uh, screwing up all sorts of body parts in the process, is it really worth adding two more games for that no, for $10 million? It's, it's not. It really is. I think we all – I think the normal person and everyone that follows sports knows that that is utterly ridiculous. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't even know. Like, I guess the owners would want this. The players wouldn't want this. Uh, there is no player in the NFL that wants this. I promise you, no, none of these guys want this. The only people that would ever I'm try sure, to I'm push sure, like, this are pun- the owners. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure the punters and kickers are probably uh, apathetic to the issue, but I'm talking like there's. I know yeah, outside the, the of, to take actual contact. Yeah, the ones that you can hit, because you can't hit punters and kickers. Yeah, no, it's it's generally frowned upon to do. That. No, you literally, it's a penalty. I mean, you'll probably yeah, get yeah. fined too. If yeah, if it's really bad. Um, so we already talked about lifetime healthcare for the players. Um, it would definitely be a good thing to have. I think. I don't know. Does the does the NBA do anything like that? Or I think the MLB does. I don't know. I think the MLB does, but I don't know about the. NBA. I don't know I about don't the. Know for sure, but either of the leagues. I, they deserve if there's a sport that it's needed in it's this one 100 percent. i'm basketball definitely does deserve it too but nfl yeah 100 percent. all right so um here's the big one the big one of this is the drug policy i don't know if it's the big one but i would say this one's a pretty big one because i don't i don't necessarily i don't What's the details of it? Because I'm not sure. So the details of this is that um, there's some very strong feelings on both sides about how marijuana violations should be treated. Um, obviously, the players believe that this is out. It's kind of out. Well, yeah, it is. Um, I don't know how the owners really feel about it. So this one might be just a uh, open and shut one, and the drug policy might get touched up. I really, I really hope that uh, they do go with that because I think that honestly, when it comes to marijuana usage i i would hope that it would at least you know get treated a bit more reasonably than it already is yeah because i think that it should i i personally don't see much of a downside to letting the players smoke um well there might be a little bias in that statement but you know uh, all right that's to me that is really something that it's more of a political issue than an NFL issue. I think um, it is, I think eventually it will be legalized in the United States completely. I feel like eventually that will happen. I, I feel, I'm, I'm sure that's inevitable. By 2021, probably not, but eventually. By 2021, I'd say probably more than half the country has it legalized at that point because I think it's what, 16 states have it legalized for medical and then like a few less have done it for um recreational me i'm i'm not 100% sure on the statistics on that but it sounds accurate to me I, i'm not sure but 
I think in terms of just like smoking weed, it's like there's been times in the NFL where there's been player there's been harsher suspensions given to a player that smoked marijuana than someone who like abused their wife off the field. Like that happened I remember Giants kicker John Brown, he got like a one game suspension for that. For off yeah, the field conduct that was gross. Meanwhile, there have been guys that have lost whole seasons just because they smoked some I, weed. I mean, that is definitely unbalanced and outdated. I, um, it really shows where the NFL's priorities are with that. Well, I don't know how old this CBA is. The current one. This CBA was. Um, shit. What? When was the current NFL CBA? That was um. The, uh, 2011, so they do it every 10 years, I guess. I guess, but yeah, it definitely needs to be touched up in that respect. I don't know how lenient they want to be, but it definitely needs to be fixed. Yes, so the another, kind of, another pretty big one is uh, the commissioner's discipline power, because a lot of people... This kind of ties into the drug policy. Roger Goodell has not been very good when it comes to. Oh, well, he's been inconsistent. Discipline. That's part of. Yeah, good yeah. Though. You have to be consistent with that. So, um, I mean, I I could I could list off names for an hour at times where Goodell's dropped the ball at this, and I still wouldn't be satisfied. But um, the domestic violence has been a. He he's been under. I'm trying to find the right words for this, but um, Goodell has been very lenient on domestic abusers. It seems that way, and he's been a little bit overbearing on some uh, other issues. So I really just think that. I really just think that um. Uh, we need consistency, like you said. We he's very inconsistent with the penalties he hangs. He, he gives these players. Um, I feel like sometimes it's more... I don't know. I don't know how he judges it or gauges it, and I'm not going to speak for him. But, yeah, there's definitely inconsistency in the punishments that are handed out to the players, and that definitely needs to be fixed. That's been a glaring problem for. It's it's been a black. Yeah, it has been know, a problem for a very long time. We've we've talked about this a handful of times too on the show where they've really dropped the ball on some of these issues and the discipline system in the NFL is not. It's not very and well done. It's very poorly. It's done. broken, really. It really is, and it's a shame because you know. Uh, you, you, you don't want to see that sort of thing in a league like this, especially when the NFL is probably my favorite sport. It, it's hard to enjoy it sometimes when shit like this is going on. Th this should not be an issue because Goodell shouldn't be messing this up this badly. And yet here we are talking about it for the upteenth time on this show. Not in, about how badly he is. And not even a year. Players. It's not yeah. even a year yet, and I'm sure we've talked about it at least six or seven episodes. Yeah, it just That's needs too many. to be fixed. It really does.
All right, so uh, we kind of talked about player safety, and I don't think there's really much that we could, much else we could talk about there. But um, I think the, a big one they're talking about um, concussion protocol violations and off-season workouts. That's the two big ones that the article talks about. Um, I think this is just going to set in stone like specific penalties for teams that violate the concussion protocol. So like bringing a player back too early if there's a possibility that they have a concussion or if they have off-season team workouts that aren't allowed by the league like at certain times. So I'm guessing that's just the big parts of that one. I don't know what else they're really going to go with. But um and then the last piece, uh former player benefits. We kind of already mentioned that too, so I don't know, is there anything else you want to talk about either of these issues? Or... Um I definitely want to see concussion protocol be you know, they have done a better job of controlling this. I mean, they've done the best they can, I think. Maybe not the best they can, but they've definitely tried at the very least to help the concussions or, you know, make it safer and make sure that they're getting treated and stuff like that. Yeah, it's, you know, um, the concussions are the big thing. It is. It's Honestly, probably most. I know. All it's probably the most common it. injury in football. It's got to be up there. I yeah, especially when it comes to like the serious injuries. I would probably say yeah, that's probably the most serious or the most common injury rather. Um. So that pretty much covers the CBA for next season. I don't know, or for the the next CBA, but um. I don't know if there's really much else they're going to talk about there. Obviously, if uh, we're still doing this show in two years when that all gets finalized, we can we can come back on this episode and talk about that. But uh, I'm getting way ahead of myself. Let's just talk about how our team's going to look <laughs> this season because <laughs> yeah, that, that was really smooth. Um, yeah, yeah, I know, right? Only the smoothest. Um, so Bryce, how do how, how are you feeling that about the Giants really this season? To make me go first, that was actually that, I to get the bad out of the way before we got to really. <laughs> this is this is very rude of you. Um, is it? I'm, I apologize. Um, personally, I am not very optimistic about the the New York Giants this year. Um, obviously. They they did some things in the offseason I absolutely don't agree with. Yeah, there were some questionable moves made. I to this day I still don't get the whole Daniel Jones thing. I still don't get the Odell thing. I just don't understand the direction that's being taken. Um, that's really my main concern is I really don't know what Gettleman wants here. Like he, he, he said before, yeah, we're going to maybe, you know, try to hold Daniel Jones on the bench for a couple of years. I, I think take it for me. That is not happening by game three. We will be screaming for Daniel Jones. I think you actually said this last episode. Or, I think I might have said it recently. I think, yeah, you know what? You, you did Trust say this last me. episode when we were talking with Joseph Trust about me. Uh, 
we will be at we will be slaughtering people in the streets for Daniel Jones to start. I mean, it will get that bad. I don't know about that. You know, I kind of feel bad because I remember, I don't think we were talking about it on an episode one time, but I remember we were just talking on Discord one night. This was months ago, too, like well before like the draft. I think it was probably still during NFL season. But I remember you said you were really high on like tanking for Justin well, Herbert for next season. I don't know. Well, because Herbert was like the main thing I wanted this draft, but then he didn't yeah. declare for the draft. So now, I don't know. If Gettleman's still in power next April, we're not taking a QB. It wouldn't make sense. So, so what you're hope? So, are you hoping like they uh, they like I, Murray this whole thing and like they just trade Josh? See, trade him for like they trade. Daniel I want to see Daniel Jones play first Herbert. before I start saying shit like that. Um, I because like right now I think you guys are in a better position than the Cardinals were last season. That may be the case, but it's just. The direction Gettleman wants to go, I don't think... Like, he wants to tank and win now at the same time, which obviously... Yeah, which is obviously is not... Himself. That's like, not going to happen. It can't... It's literally impossible. Like, it's just not happening. The team itself, I am not very confident in. I don't think we're too bad on offense. Our defense is not okay. Um... And I think us passing on Josh Allen is going to – not even Haskins. Like, I wanted Haskins. I was super high on Haskins. I I would have rather – like, if we took Josh Allen right there, I would have been ecstatic. Like, he was there on the board. He was right there. And we took – he, he – I mean, Daniel Jones absolutely would have been he there at prob- 17. Probably would have been there I don't at know 30. about 30. He possibly would have even been there. I mean, I don't, who would have I taken don't know him about 30. Most of those teams... In, you see, I think he honestly mm. would have. Because... Unless, like, the Broncos like the would have Broncos, I mean, maybe even the Bengals. I still think that they would have taken Drew Locke, though. And I don't think the... Uh, um, maybe. I don't know. I still think he would have been there. At yeah, 17. he would have been there. I still he think would have been, been there at 17. He might have even been there at I don't know about second round, but yeah, he would have been there at 30. Or not 30, 17. 100% would have been. Um, See, I became less high on a QB in the draft once we traded Odell. Because I was like, once when we had Odell, I was like, yeah, we need we need a QB right, right now, drafted fresh face. We need to use Odell while he's you know, he's only like 26 to 27. And we dumped him for really no reason. Like, no, there's no good reason why we did that. Um, so once that happened, I was like, all right, well, I'll still be okay with like Haskins if we could get him. And, he, and then we, well, and we didn't get Haskins. get Haskins. And it's just, I'm, I'm very disappointed because I feel like when the season ended last year, there was hope. We had genuine hope. Like, we ended the season strong. We looked solid. We looked like a a team that could 
potentially be good if we got a, a new QB, if we got a line, if we patched the defense up. We could have been something, and now I feel like there's nothing. Like Now I feel like there's the only hope we have, like the only good player we really have is Saquon. And that's, it shouldn't be that way. It really, it, it should not be that way. I mean, Saquon, Saquon had a great rookie season. You know, he, uh, one of the best rookie running back seasons ever. Aside from like what, Eric Dickerson and Edgar and James, he had like the third most all-purpose yards yeah. or something like that. Yeah, so, and that was with Odell, so uh, he's got a he's got a lot. He's going to be carrying this team a lot. It's not going to work. It's... You better hope that if he, he better hope that he doesn't have a sophomore slump. I think. Or maybe, maybe you do if you want to tank. In terms of sophomore slump, I mean, his expectations are so high that I feel like it'll be, and he's going to have to pull something amazing to not be considered sophomore slump, but. I mean, I would think that, like, people, when they think of a slot for slump, they'll at least understand that Saquon was literally the only good offense. Uh, I know NFL the, fans are the, the most reasonable people The thing is, but... it's like, because it's a New York team, so any chance to hate on them and any chance to discredit them, they're going to take that's it. Fair. So, is, so, so the stigma around point. Barkley is if he doesn't absolutely go off, that, yeah, it's a sophomore slump, even if it is a good year. Um, I don't know what I expect from Barkley, but I do not expect much at all from this Giants team, man. I think it's just going to be another year of us looking like absolute clowns. We're going to get absolutely disgraced. Probably win like three, maybe four games. I mean, it's just, it's, and we, we were so close. We were so close to having a good, Solid foundation and future, and you guys almost got. We it almost right. did it. We it, the first mistake was hiring Gettleman, man. It really was. All right, so you think they're gonna go well probably like three, three and thirteen, four and twelve. All right, all right. So obviously. The Patriots had a much better off season. Well, that's not even Giants. every team did. They didn't do I anything. Uh, yeah. Well, they had a good draft. I'm a big. I don't remember other than other than Neil Harry. I don't remember much of who they picked up, but. Well, Nikhil Harry is the big one, obviously, and uh, he's going to be a big part of the offense. I've talked with so many Pats fans. For I just want to deviate from this a little bit. I've talked with a lot of Pats fans about Gronk. He's not coming out of retirement. He does not look like he's. He does not he's look in like, shape. He's lost no. like thirty five. He does pounds not look like he he's retired. in NFL shape. No, he's not coming out of retirement. He's lost so much weight. He looks like he, he looks like a beanpole right now, or whatever the expression <laughs> is. He's like Chris Sale. He looks like a slightly beefier Chris Sale. Because, I mean, Chris Sale now, let's, let's be honest. He's very he's, skinny. Um, skinny, skinny. You know, Gronk, Gronk looks like a guy 
who's about to go into Hollywood or something and make B-list action movies. This is what we've been waiting for for like three years. Um, I would unironically... Yeah, I know you would. No one else would. (laughs) All right, well, yeah, so obviously tight end, with Gronk retiring, tight end's a big concern. Ben Watson comes out of retirement to play for the Patriots, I guess. Ben Watson. Loved Ben Watson when he was with New England. Ben Watson. What, a decade ago? Um, he's like 38 right now. He's, I'd say he probably has a little bit left in the tank, but... More I mean, so than Gronk. I kind of wish... Uh, Come on, man. I mean, we're grasping I mean, at straws now. Well, it, we're, we're grasping at straws at that point. I don't think the tight end is going to be a very big part the of the offense. The offense is going to be... It's going to be very heavy, the... quick. Like, it's just going to be the same it always has... It's going to it's be, going to be the of... same it's always has been, just without the threat of Gronk and probably more running with Michonne White. Yeah, um, you know, Sony had a great rookie he season. Had great, he had a great rookie given how playoffs. the Patriots do their offense. Yeah, the playoffs he, were a big part of His season itself was, I mean, but his playoffs was very good. It was good. It was good for a New England running back because he's really emerged as a uh, – New England never really has a running back one. They use the running back by committee a lot where, like, you know, depending on who they're playing, you know, James White will get a lot of the carries or, uh, you know, Rex Burkhead's been the feature back in some games, things like that. That wasn't really much of the case this year. Once Sony was, like, healthy, he was the feature back in every game. And we saw how he did in the playoffs. He had six touchdowns in three games, uh, scored the only touchdown in the Super Bowl this year. Um I personally expect for him to get better this season. I think he's going to be doing a lot better, especially because he was uh, dealing with some injuries this season. His knee was not doing great this season. Um, hopefully, he's been working on that. Um, his ball carrying, he did have some fumble issues at the start of the season. That got fixed towards the end of the year. I'm very optimistic that Sony's going to be a lot more improved this season. He's going to play a full 16 games, hopefully. Uh, hopefully not have any catastrophic injuries, which now that I've said that, he's probably going to tear his ACL in the preseason. Um, knock on wood, thank God, hopefully. But I think that the running game is going to be a lot more potent this season, especially with uh, how we, da- we drafted Damian Harris out of Alabama. Um, it's The New England's going to have a very potent rushing attack with – uh, him and Sony. Then you got James White coming out of the backfield as like a pass catcher back, which he's, you know, he's been doing his whole career. But uh, yeah, the running backs are going to be a lot of fun to watch this year. Wide receiver wise, you still got Edelman. Nikhil Harry comes into the mix. And then, yeah, it's a lot of, uh, a lot of question marks from there. But uh, I'm sure some undrafted guy will come out and have some crazy season and then make 15 mil a year at some team from someone else who needs a wide receiver. Because that's what happens in New England. No-name guys start to make bank. Yeah, I'm glad you... you a lot of interesting takes there, Ian. Thanks for that. I didn't even get into you the don't. defense. Though, oh, let's but, uh, just not even do it. I don't, I don't really need to. It's... Yeah. Um, is there any other points you want to make about the uh, Giants? Or should good. we wrap this episode up? All right, well... That will do it for episode 49 of I'm Walking Here. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at IWH Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at ENMQ6, spelled C-U-S-I-C-K. 
You can follow Bryce on Twitter at it's bris at i t s b r i z z, and that will do it. Thank you.